as we continue to look at families, we're going to see some key issues dealing with um, marriage, families. As we begin, let's be reminded that as believers, we have a great privilege of being wise stewards of all that God has entrusted us with. And it's not just our finances, because today we're going to see, you know, how do we deal with children and how do we teach our children to do these principles that we've kind of been talking about as we've gone through there? How do we get it started in our children? And then what do we do in passing off our wealth to our children as well? So as we think about the family and our children, we have to pass these great truths on to them. So this evening we want to take a look at several areas. And number one is the biblical principles and so we're going to see biblical principles the roles of parents and children so biblical principles roles of parents and children and then number two is we're going to talk about training the child training them with the dealing with money and possessions we'll see some basic principles some key areas and then we'll talk about some tips and everything as well and then number three is we're going to talk about passing on to our children and having a will so that we have a plan for where our money's going to go. So let's first think about biblical principles and the roles of parents and children. As we begin, we need to be reminded that as those who have belonged to Jesus Christ, we have <clears throat> certain roles and responsibilities not only in this world but in the body of Christ and also in our home and within the family unit. We want to first look at the role of parents and then we'll talk about children. So the role of the parent and if you're if you turned in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 look at verse 4 there and we saw this last week as well but it says fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord and so we see here and we talked about last week that the that the father is the is the head of the household and that um, you know he has the role and the responsibility to provide and protect for his family and he also has the responsibility to be the spiritual leader in the family but the wife oftentimes joins in on that responsibility. It's not just put on, on the husband, you know, as a husband and a wife. You're to train up your children um, so that they know the truths and principles of God's Word. They see it lived out in your life. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit as well because it's not just what we tell them and, and what we read, for, read from God's Word, but it's how we live out our lives. So we both have that responsibility, but the ultimate head of the household and to the one who is to be the spiritual leader is the father. And that's why he says here, fathers, and there's a negative and a positive. The negative is do not provoke them to anger. So how do we provoke our children? What's some things that we do to provoke our children to anger? Ignore them. Ignore them. And that's, that's something that is a commonality in our world today because of electronics and things like that. You know, I've got my thing to do. I want to be on my electronic. And so many people ignore their kids by giving them electronics. And then that way I don't have to worry about them. And um, so that is one thing that we do. And then, you know, children need that interaction and everything. 
and so we can ignore them. What else? And you can antagonize them in ways, I guess. Okay. I don't know how to explain that better. But. I mean, by poking, poking and, mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that. Um, you know, some other ways is if you have multiple kids, you know, show favoritism to one over another. Um, another thing is, is that, you know, they just never live up to your standard. And that's one of the big things, uh, you know, that a lot of kids deal with is that, you know, their parents are always, or a parent is always, you know, putting that the child down, pointing out their, their shortcomings and not building them up. And so, you know, that's provoking them to, to anger. But um, the positive aspect is the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so discipline has the idea of training, directing, pointing them in the right path. And we want to give them direction into the, into the right path of where we want them to go in their lives. And instruction has the ideal, uh, idea of rights and wrongs, you know, and knowing and applying God's Word and knowing truth. And so we give them instruction. If you want to, turn real quick in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Begin at verse 4 and then go through verse 9. The key there, if you look at verses 6 and 7, it says, And these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And so again, notice it's not just whenever you sit down, you know, just tell me, tell me the truths from God's Word, but it is we are to tell them, we're to teach them, and we're to walk them through life, instructing them in the ways of the Lord. And so that's what we are to do as parents. We are to live out the truths and principles from God's Word. You know, there's a saying, children would rather see a sermon rather than hear one. And so children would rather see a sermon rather than hear one. And so they want to see, you know, what a Christ-like life is, and we are to be living it out in our lives. You know, all believers are called children of God, John 1.12, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in His name. And so whenever we believe in Jesus Christ, then we become a child of God. And Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 tells us that as children of God, what are we to do? We're to be imitators of God as beloved children. And we're to walk in love just as Christ also loved us and gave Himself up for us. And so we're to be imitators of Christ in our lives. And we're to imitate His life in that we are to love others with a sacrificial love. And whenever our children see us doing that, whenever they see us living out a Christ-like life, then it helps to train them and they act like we act. And they definitely act the way we act whenever we react and act in a wrong way. I definitely see that a whole lot more than them, you know, imitating us whenever we do right. So we have to intentionally, on purpose, you know, be teaching them and focus on living the right way. 
In Luke 6.40 it says, A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. And so we want them to be fully trained. We want them to know the Word of God. We want them to live it out in their, in their lives. And so we have to live it out in our lives as well. So we're to be training them in biblical truths, also in money, finances, and discipline. The key, we must be the ones who not just tell the children what to do, but we model it as well. Now, what about the role of children? And so let's look at the role of children, and it's threefold. Number one, we see in back to Ephesians chapter 6. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So children are to obey their parents. As long as a child is under the authority of their parents, they are to obey whatever it is that their parents have them to do. Number two is found in Ephesians 6.2, where it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. And so there we see that we are to honor our parents. We show them honor and respect that goes to the parent. They are to honor the position for as long as their their parents are alive. And so, um, you know, our parents, even though sometimes we get older, we're still to show them the respect. You know, parent. You know, you see, as a little child, man, your your kid, they love you, and they they think, man, you're golden. You know everything, and then they get in those teenage years, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know absolutely nothing, and then whenever they get about 21, 22 years old, okay, you were a lot smarter than what I just thought you were, but then oftentimes, whenever we grow on up, you know then sometimes people have a tendency to push their parents to the side. But we are to honor our parents, honor the position that they have for as long as they live. And then number three, we are to provide for our parents. That is why you better take care of your kids because one day they may be taking care of you. And so um, 1 Timothy 5.4 says, But if any widow has children or grandchildren... Let them first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. And so we're told that we're to be able to take care of our parents. We are to take care of our parents um, whenever they're not able to take care of themselves. And so sometimes we have to turn around and provide for them. So... Those are kind of some responsibilities, some roles of children and um, that we can learn from and make application from as well. And then number two is training of the child. The first key in all of this is to teach them discipline. It's the act of being in control, to be, have self-control. Larry Burkett says there is nothing more fulfilling for parents than to see their children developed into mature, disciplined adults. However, nothing is more frustrating than to see them fail because of lack of self-discipline. 
So we see that we need to live a self-disciplined life if we expect our children to live a self-disciplined life. So adults who can't say no, adults who can't make a budget, adults who don't live on the budget that they make, then how do we expect our children to do the same? We see this a lot of times, you know, uh, there are several families that I know of that their parents, you know, lived their life always having a car payment. And so what do they think? They think that it's totally fine to have a car payment. I'm expected to have a car payment. My parents always had a car payment. Um, it's fine to have credit cards. My parents have always had credit cards. They've always owed on their credit cards. And so it's fine for me to do that. And so if we're living our lives that way, then, you know, we should expect our children, they're going to do the same thing um, unless they're taught and trained in a different way. And so um, we have to be the one who is training them and preparing them. Proverbs 29:15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. And so we have to we have to train them and we have to teach them self-control, teach them discipline. You don't have to get something every time you go into a store. You know, if you go with grandma, you know, and that's what she thinks the rule is, then, you know, that's one thing. But whenever you go with uh, your parents, then, you know, you got to live by the by the standards and rules that they set. So. One of the first th areas we need to train our children in and gain an understanding of is the difference between needs, wants, and desires. And so the first thing there is needs. And needs are the necessity things that we have to have in life. Food, clothing, and shelter. And so it's up to us as parents to provide these things for our children but it's also important that they understand that these are the necessities in life. Then you have wants, and these are choices that are, that are involved. And so, yes, it's necessary to have food, but is it necessary to have steak when you could have a hamburger? You know, and so there is a price difference. You know, is it a necessity to have a steak? No, it's a necessity to have food. And so you've got to teach them on that. You know, you, you want a new pair of shoes. Okay, we can go get you a new pair of shoes. But you want these Nikes or Air Jordans or something like that. Well, there's a difference between going and getting you a pair of shoes and getting you a pair of shoes that are one of these high name brands. And so once, you know, there's a decision involved and you've got to help them to understand, you know, that there is a cost difference. Um, in buying these kind of products. And then the final thing are desires. And desires are things that come out of surplus. And so we have excess. And so we can go and get sometimes the things that we desire to have. We can set back. We can save. We can wait for the things that we desire if we don't have them at this time. We all must learn delayed gratification. We can't have everything we want right now. And that's something that we have to teach our children early on in life. Number two is training the, training the children. Let's think about some basic principles that we want to pass on to our children to help train them and prepare them to be wise stewards of all that God has given to them. 
Number one is family is a community. The family is a community. It's a union that God put together. Each one in the family plays a vital role. Just like in the church, we all have different gifts, talents, and abilities. We are to use our gifts, talents, and abilities. Everyone is supposed to be joining in in the body and using their gifts, talents, and abilities so that the body can function. The same thing is true in our household. You know, we all have different responsibilities. The parents, the children, we operate together with our ultimate goal is to glorify God through our family. And so it's not just something that we do as individuals, but it's something that we should be doing and should be our goal of our family as well. Number two is establish responsibilities. Establish responsibilities within and outside the home. Each person has responsibilities. You know, someone to take out the garbage. Someone does the dishes. um, Someone cleans different rooms of the house. Someone cuts the grass. And so, you know, that's what some people say. Well, I I had kids, so I don't have to do anything. You know, you, you dish out all those responsibilities to them. But it is important for your kids to have responsibilities in whatever area that they have the ability and capability to do. You know, you can't go ask a four-year-old to go mow the yard, but whenever they get, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, then they ought to be able to go out there and and mow the yard and do things like that. And so give them responsibilities. And they, I mean, Lauren, she's nine years old, and um, her job is, is to deal with the dishes. And so um, she puts dishes in the dishwasher, she gets them out, now, um, whenever we eat at home, she does that. But she also helps Mimi with some of hers as well. But um, anyway, so we all have those different responsibilities, and there's certain things that must be done by each member of the family. Why? Because we're members of the same family, and the family needs to function properly. We all need to, to pitch in and, and help where we can. Then number three is the giving of allowances. The giving of allowances. The parents provide their children with money. Why? To help them learn how to handle finances. And there's several ways to handle allowances. And then A, there is, or I don't think you have an A, but tied to the responsibility, um, you know, so your, your money that they get is tied to the responsibilities they have. And if they don't do the responsibilities, then they get no money. You know, it's kind of like if you don't work, you don't eat. And so they've got to have responsibilities. They've got to fulfill their responsibilities in order to get whatever it is, whatever allowance that you've given them. But then also there are gifts that can be given. We want them to understand grace. And so it's okay to sometimes go and you know, man, I really want X, Y, or Z, and so I'm going to save back for that. It's okay if you have money um, and you have some that's that's in surplus and your kid wants something to every once in a while go out and in grace buy them something. Um, And so that's okay. You don't have to stick to your guns and everything, um, but on a regular basis. You don't need to buy everything for them so that they don't learn about saving. And so we'll talk about this in a little bit more in depth. 
So it may be better to to tie the allowances to the responsibilities, the job responsibilities, and then um, give gifts whenever we see that they need grace. So what should they do with the money they've been given or earned? Just like an adult must learn to wisely budget, we need to do the same thing for our kids. And so there's three key areas that we see there. The first thing is giving. So three key areas down there at the bottom. The first thing is giving. So they should be giving. Number two is they should be spending. And number three, or saving. So giving, saving, and then spending. Giving, saving, and then spending. And he gives in here suggested percentages for kids that you teach them early on giving like 20% out of whatever it is that they're given. And then they save 30% of whatever their allowance is, whatever they've been given. And then they spend the other 50%. And so, you know, if you get you get $5, then, you know, your spending is, is $2.50. Not only is that good to set them up to realize, you know, that I'm supposed to give, I'm supposed to save, and then I can spend, but it also shows them that later in life, whenever you make $5, you don't get to take home $5 because somebody else gets a big portion of it before you ever get, get home, so... Um, but there's some key principles that we begin to show our, show our children and show them the importance of all this. And we'll get into it a little bit more here in just a minute. But then the next thing there is gifts. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. There may be special time that parents decide to give money to their children. And it's okay to show them God gives us grace we are to give them grace as well. And so it's okay to give your children money, to, to give them things that, that they want that may take them some time to save up for and you want to you wanna do something special. You don't have to make them earn every dollar. And then number five is earn money. Give the children the opportunity to earn money above their allowance. So maybe there are times whenever they want something. And, you know, let's just say, for instance, it's a $25 item that they want to purchase. And so that doesn't mean, okay, let's go find a job that we can pay them $25 for. We may go find a job that's $10. And this other job is $5. And this other job's $5. And then next week, I've got one other job that you can do to make another $5. And so that, you know, it's not just instant gratification. Okay, here, I give you this job. You go do this job. There's your $25. It's done. Now you can go buy this item. If, if you're going to teach them and train them, then you've got to show them that, you know, it does take a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of extra effort to get some of those things that maybe you desire um, but that are not needs, that are not your wants, but something that you desire. And so you don't give it to them all in one lump. It's good to, to give them multiple jobs, multiple opportunities, and to spread it out just a little bit 
so that they learn that, you know, that instant gratification, you don't have to have it. But the world that we live in says instant gratification. Instant gratification, I want my food, I want it now. Instant gratification, I want something, so I'm going to buy it, I'll pay for it later, I'll charge it, I'll put it on a credit card, I'll, I'll put it on payment plans, whatever. We don't want our children to get into that, and so we, we give them opportunities to earn money, um, but doing it above and beyond what their normal allowance is. It's not that instant gratification. Yes, you have to work for it, but yet it's not one job, it's done, now you you get whatever you want because, you know, we can't do the same thing if, because most of the time our desirous items or whatever are not $25. They're $100, $500 or something like that. And so we can't say, well, you know, I'll take an extra shift at work or something like that. And then all of a sudden I've got this, you know, $100, $500 item um, that I want. And so, you know, it takes us some extra time. And so it should for them as well, just to kind of train them and teach them. The tendency a lot of times too, as parents, I know we struggle with this is like, okay, you know, here's this chore for you to do. Okay, you're taking too long. We're wanting to go. So here, I'm going to do it for you or I'm going to help you do it. You know, and it's like you got to be patient. You got to give them the chore to do. You got to let them finish the chore that you've given them to do. Um, you know, it's bedtime. You haven't got this done. So you just go up to bed. I'll finish this. You know, and that's what we're real bad about. And that's what, you know, Rachel learned basically at youth camp last year is like, man, I realize now that I'm doing way too much for her and it's actually hurting her because now she's so reliant on me to take care of the loose ends that she leaves. And so we've been working on that a lot at our house is whatever you give them something to do, uh, give it to them and let them do it and help them make sure that they see it through to the end. All right, so some tips on jobs. Number one is tell them exactly what you want done and when. You know, and that may be a, a helper in our area as well. So you tell them what you want done, but it needs to be done by so long. Lauren is such a procrastinator or she just gets, she gets lost. I mean, it's like, Go brush your hair, brush your, brush your teeth, and, and floss. And, you know, you go up there five minutes later, and she's got her flosser, and she's flossing, and she's been flossing for the last 15 or 20 minutes. And it's like, what are you doing? I'm flossing my teeth. How long have you been doing that? The whole time I've been up here because she's just one tooth to the other. And she's done it 40 times, but, you know, she's just kind of spaced out doing it so anyway so give them a time limit and that's what we do i mean we have like a timer up there now and so it's like five minutes you've got to do these three things you get in the shower you hit the timer whenever that timer goes off you need to be done and getting out of there and so give them a give them a job give them exactly what you want done and when you want it done by number two uh do not pay for a job that is not well done 
if it's not done right, then there's no pay for the job. And then number three is be consistent. So be consistent. You know, it's not, well, it's 15 You need this item that's $15. So you do the dishes and it's $15. But every other day of the week, it's only $5. And so just be consistent in your timing. Be consistent in your wages. Be consistent in whatever it is that you, that you give them to do. So what are the things that we need to teach our children? Here's a basic list of key areas. Number one is stewardship. And that's kind of what we've been talking about as we've gone through this whole class is being wise stewards of all that God has given to us. We know that everything that we have comes from God. And so we need to teach them stewardship and to be wise stewards um, with what they buy. And so, you know, sometimes they want this thing, whatever it is, and it's so important to them. But sometimes we have to show them, is this really important? Is this something that you want to spend God's money on? Is this something that you think would bring glory to Him? And so teaching them stewardship. Number two is giving. And we are all to give a portion away. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, we're to learn, teach them to be cheerful givers and... uh, you know, that it's not, oh, I have to give, you know, some of my money away, but that they do it with that cheerful attitude. Then number three is to be generous. Realize that, you know, sometimes use our money to help others, um, you know, and so maybe your brother or your sister, you know, is really wanting something and, you know, there's nothing in your want list right now and so why don't you um you know help your brother get to whatever he wants and and give your money in that way um you know and lauren she's super generous she likes to help people out she likes to give to people and uh sometimes to a fault because she just wants to give everything away number four is saving We're to put back a portion for the future. Teach them the principles of compound interest of, you know, if you put your money in there, your money's going to grow and um, that you'll have more, you know, in a year's period of time that that money's going to grow. And so teach them about saving and how important it is. And, you know, it's important to save because then you can get those bigger gifts And one of the things, you know, kind of tying into all of this is, you know, the little kids club store that that Brandy does for the kids for saying their verses and everything. You see a lot of these things coming out in the in these kids um, of wanting to give to other people. And so, you know, I got my points, but my sister is younger and she's not in kids club. She can't say verses. And so I got her this stuffed animal or, you know, I got it for my cousin that lives in another town and I'm going to give this to him or um, like Lauren, she's saying so many verses and um, yeah, she can get all of these little gifts every time that they have the store open. But she realized, you know, a couple of years ago, man, if I save those points, then I can get something big at the end. And so she was able to do that. And so, I mean, she learned 
and she was disciplined going in there and not getting anything at all when all these other kids are getting these little toys and getting to play and she's like I leave with nothing but I know at the end you know she got one of those cameras those instant cameras or whatever one time and then the other thing she got was a swing um, thing one year and so anyway um, she was disciplined she got to get something big because she she saved up her points and saved up for something big so um, contentment number five is contentment and we'll talk more about this whenever we get to our final lesson but they must learn contentment it goes back to Philippians 4 you know where Paul says I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am it's not something that's natural we have to learn to be content the world pulls us that we need we need we need um, and all of these things are needs there's not wants there's not um, desired things you know everything is a need and we need everything and we need it now so we have to learn contentment then number six is honesty teach them about honesty not to lie to be trusted we must be people of of character and keep our word and and um, you know whenever we get money then we do the three things that we're supposed to with it and not you know go ahead and use it all to go purchase something number seven is budget and spending know how to control and use wisely what we've given and so you know we have to teach them that you know okay here's some things that that you spend for on a regular basis you know and let them give them enough allowance that they have they can buy some of those necessity items um, maybe for themselves um, socks or shoes or something like that that that's their responsibility to get that one item every time and so you know you have to budget for that you have to be setting money back on a regular basis so that whenever you need the next pair that you can go and purchase them um, and so we got to teach them about budgeting and then number eight is credit and debit help them to understand and know the dangers of debt teach them not to borrow teach them to save and then buy not buying and borrowing and so again just that same principles that we've been looking at you know save up purchase the item rather than borrowing money because a lot of times that's what parents will do okay you really want this you know and you I know you get an allowance every week and so I'm gonna keep your allowance for the next three weeks but you can go ahead and have this today then what are you teaching them yeah. teaching them to borrow it's okay yeah. to borrow let's go ahead and get this today I'll work for the next three weeks you know to pay off this debt that I owe and so you know and that's a tendency that a lot of parents have to do and so that's something that we don't want to do if you want that then work the next three weeks save that money up and then we'll go buy the item one of my sons presented that idea on their own and I said nope 
<laughs> yeah. Kids are pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> they may not even want it in three weeks. Yeah, exactly, and that's true too. All right, and then number nine is be faithful. First Corinthians four two. Moreover, is required of stewards that one be found faithful. You know, and so we want to teach them to be faithful in all areas of our lives, including our finances. And so we need to teach them faithfulness. So a summary there is number one is communicate. Teach them the truths and principles of God's Word. So we communicate and we teach them the truths and principles of God's Word, not just in word, but in deed. And so we teach them, you know, these financial principles, but then we live it out in our lives. We can't say, man, I really want, you know, that new TV, and so I'm going to go buy it, and we'll put it on a credit card, and we'll pay it off over the next three months. Well, you know, Dad, you wouldn't let me buy that, and then, you know, work and work it off for the next three weeks, so how can you go buy this TV and pay it off in the next three months? Because, you know, again, they're watching what we're doing, and they're going to imitate us in the way that we do. So we teach them the truths. We live it out in our lives. We model it. Number two is be models of how we deal with material things. Be models by how we deal with material things. So that was really kind of what I just said. And then number three is create opportunities. Create opportunities for an allowance and then separate jobs for them to do. And that's the thing too, I mean, I'll say is that, you know, whatever it is that you're gonna have them be purchasing on their own, make sure that their allowance matches what it is that you're gonna have them purchase because it's not just for their wants and their desires or whatever, but give them something that they have to work towards on a regular basis so they can see that idea of budgeting. So many people say, yeah, you know, well, you do this and it's a dollar, and you do this and it's a dollar. And it's like a dollar doesn't go anywhere anymore. And so, you know, you got to give them something that that can get them to where they need to be that well, makes it worth. That's why I'm, what is, a, I mean, I don't know what's fair. I mean, they they don't know either. But yeah. it is, like you said, if they want to use it to actually try to buy things, if you're giving them a dollar, that's yeah. not going to do a lot. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's kind of the, what world do you live in and what is it that you're expecting them to buy or wanting them to buy? You know, if it's just, toys and their toys are $5 toys or if their to toys are $50 toys depending on how old the child is and stuff I mean I think you've got to give them jobs and everything based off of so that they can get to their goals you know if they're mm -hmm. if it's a $50 item and you give them a dollar for each job that's going to take them forever and they're going to give up and say, you know, this is not worth it. Yeah. Um, but if you give them, you know, $10 jobs, I can do five jobs and I can get to this, then that's worth it. I can see an end goal. I can do it. And so it's kind of the world that you live in. How old are your kids? 
and that is kind of what my thought or my philosophy is. I don't know if anybody else has it. I guess you could look at like chores, like regular chores of doing the dishes and stuff as a lower amount and jobs as a higher dollar. Like I want you to mow the yard or I want you to clean out the car. Yeah. Um, and that's, an, an, that's another thing. I mean, something like a chore like mowing the yard. Okay, how much is it going to cost if I get, you know, Fred's lawn care or my neighbor down the street to mow the yard? How much is it going to cost me? Okay, well then why wouldn't I pay my kid what I would pay one of those guys to do the same job? Why am I going to rip my kid off because he's my kid and expect him to do it for $10 whenever I'd pay everybody else 30 or $40 if that's the system that you have in place? you know is for this is a way for you to truly make some money you know but there are chores around the house like you know you said there's not options for me to do the dishes and to take out the trash or something it's not necessarily that i'm going to get fifteen dollars to take out the trash or something like that you know that may just be something that i have to do because i live inside of this household and to be a part of this household and i'm contributing my part to my family you know not everything has to be paid but there are certain things that you know or you set that up but it's a you know the ten dollar a week and here's your three chores that you do and so there is some financial stuff there, but yet I'm not giving you everything because you are a part of this family, but bigger chores like, you know, maybe mowing the yard or something like that, that, you know, takes some time and effort that you, you know, you'd pay them an amount. I don't know. That's my thought. Yep. Makes sense. All right. So the next area is our last area. Um, or let's see, did I do the summary? I just yes, did that, so didn't I? Passing on to our children our wealth. Okay, so passing on to our children our wealth. So how do we give to our family? We've worked, we've saved, we've provided, we've protected, and by the grace of God, we've gained wealth. So how can we pass this on to our children? And number one says... Assets are not passed on to our children without passing on financial wisdom. So assets are not passed on to your children without passing on financial wisdom. And so this is very important. That's why we want to teach our children. Because we talked about a story, and I can't remember exactly what it is, earlier on... Um, in our study, you know, about two kids that got left, I can't remember what it was, let's say $50,000 a piece, um, you know, and one of them went out and bought a car and the other one, you know, used it wisely to, to I think it was more than that, I think it was like 150000 or 500000 I don't remember. But anyway, um, you know, one of them went and wasted it all. The other one invested it, bought a house, did all this, and, you know, built something for herself. The other one had nothing. And so we want to be training our children in the right way so that whenever we pass off our wealth, that we worked all of our lives and built up and saved 
and sacrificed for. We don't just want to give it to them so that they can go blow it all and waste it all. That's why it's important that we put these principles in their lives so that whenever we pass on that wealth, um, that they can know how to use it wisely. Number two is make a will. Make a will. Have a designated way of dividing your assets to those that you want to have it. If not, the state will help you do it and it will cost you a lot of money. Proverbs 13.22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And so we don't just, you know, if we've got wealth, we don't just leave it to our children, but even to our children's children. And so we want to be able to, to save and, and to be wise with our finances so that whenever we pass it down, that, you know, hopefully they've got the background and, and everything that that money's going to get not just used there, but it's going to go to our children's children as well. And so make a will, it's important. We talked a little bit about it last week, you know, that don't just make a will and then, you know, let everybody figure it out whenever you're gone as to who gets what. I mean, it's good to let everybody know on the front end. And so it's not manipulation that Joe went over there and talked to mom and dad and got, you know, 70% of everything and all I get is 30. No, that was mom's choice ahead of time whenever she was in her right mind and this is what she wanted to do and this is my decision and I want you to know it today that this is what's going to happen. And so we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, So, you know, the statistic here is 80% of people die without a will. And, um, man, it's just it's bad news for everybody um, that's left behind. And the people that you want to get certain things don't get them. And uh, it usually causes a lot of dissension in the families. Um, we talked a little bit about that last week as well. You know how when somebody dies, then everybody's sitting there with their hands out and everybody's want, want, want. And uh, so... If you have a will, you have a plan, and uh, people know where that's going. Number three is taxes and, you know, dealing with inheritance tax and estate taxes and all of that. And so, uh, you know, there's number four kind of plays into that, which says give before you die. Give before you die. And so there's some tax advantages that you can take take a hold of um, like right now you the amount the gift tax or the gift amount that you can give without paying taxes is $17,000 per person and so if you're say someone who has a lot of money and everything and you want to give 17,000 say you have two children you and they're both married you can give 17,000 to your sons you can give $17,000 over here to your daughter, you know, and reduce the amount of, of money that you have. And then also there's another advantage to that is that you get to see your children, your grandchildren enjoy that money that you've saved up 
Um, and it's not just left and left for a fight or whatever, but you get to divvy that money up. You get to see them enjoy that money um, while you're still alive mm -hmm. rather than after you've gone. And so that's another advantage um, that so you can you do. you're saying you can do like 17, like you already said, 17 to your child, their spouse, and then if they have three kids, 17, 17, 17, mm -hmm. and no tax for yep. For any of them, yeah. If you give over that amount, then then there's taxes and everything that come into play, and so you want to keep it at that at that amount. Otherwise, things get. Was that only after you're gone? No, that's today. You like okay. so say. Could you do I'm, that like every year if you want? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah you, if you wanted to do it, like say. Say you were, you know, retired, you got wealth and everything, and I want to give $17,000 to everyone in my family. January 1, I can give 17000 to everyone in my family. Again, it's calendar year, tax year, um, that you do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Is it only family? You know? Sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't know for sure. Okay. I know for sure it is family, but I'm not for sure... Um, if you can give to more than that okay. and I mean there it's also a good thing too um, even for people who don't have a whole lot of money um, you know you get into those older years and you think that you know there's a possibility of having to put somebody in a home or something like that um, <coughs> then you know you give that money out and there's a five-year time period that that money has to be gifted before it's considered not theirs by the government. Um, and so, you know, that's another thing that you can do to to get rid of what money they have um, so that if they do have to go to a home that everything that they've saved up, and let's say it's only $100,000 or something, then you know, if they've got a hundred thousand dollars, then they go into a home, then all that money's going to be gone. If they don't have any money, then the government will help take care of them. And so, there's a minimum amount. So I mean, like if all you got left is like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that, then there it's not even to the taxable level. It's those people that have you know, a lot of money or whatever that and that have to worry about that a whole lot more. So, may we pass on to our children the principles and the truths from God's Word concerning the wise use of material things so that our children will be faithful stewards of all that God has given to them. So, a lot of good things, a lot of good things to think about, a lot of good things to pass on to our children and, and principles and everything I think that we can set up in our homes and our families um, to train our children and, and everything to, to get on the right track and um, to watch ourselves so that they see, you know, what you're doing um, Again, like I said, you know, with credit cards, with car payments, because a lot of times kids imitate their parents in the way that that they buy things. You know, this is the way my parents bought things. 
And so that's the way I'm going to buy things. So we got to be good examples as well.